It is Free Talk Live, where, as always, you're invited to call in, take control of the airwaves, and talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 for those who would like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Ian. And Bonnie. And coming up, the numbers for April of this year, or however all of that actually works. The numbers are out. The inflation numbers that we've been anxiously, I don't know about anxiously waiting on, but I've been curious about them since they... Since we've really been paying attention to this this year, and I don't know, maybe this is something that Free Talk Live has always done, and it just isn't something that I paid much attention to. But it seems like as inflation gets worse, we talk about it. Well, this that's a stupid statement, isn't it? That inflation, as inflation gets worse, we talk about it more often here on the show. Well, it's a, a good of, observation. Yeah. <laughs> thank, oh, thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate that. As far as observations go... That's generally true for anything. If it gets worse, we're probably talking about it. <laughs> right. But it is getting worse, and we were expecting... Oh, I, no, no. It's better now. It's lower. It's It's gone from 8.5%. Percent increase. Right. It, uh, See, I've got, up over the last year, compared to uh, the new number, 8.3. So everything's going to oh, be better I soon. Oh, 8.6%. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. That's no, you're right. I, it is eight point three percent. See, but nothing I saw. When you, it's I, turning around, Aria. <laughs> I didn't see anything that was trying to, you know, spin this in a positive light. Though I mean, when I went to Drudge Report this morning, I was like, oh my god, you know, the number is finally here. There was a, a great big red frowning face <laughs> right there in the center of the page, and right underneath that, inflation barrels ahead or whatever. See, they're fighting inflation. Didn't you? Didn't you hear that Joe Biden? He's he. They're fighting the- inflation in the same way that you fight fires by throwing more gasoline and wood <laughs> right. on it. Yeah. But I know yeah. I have not seen anything about Joe Biden wanting to fight inflation. Oh, that's been the whole like messaging from. Not that I pay close attention to this stuff, but I saw a uh, an image from some speech he was giving, and he's in front of like a backdrop, kind of like how Bonnie's in front of one of these what they call step and repeats in the business. Right. If you watch on our uh, webcam over at video.freetalklive.com, you see the lrn.fm logo, the Free Talk Live logo. Well, he's standing in front of one that says fighting inflation and then it said oh something else right like so there that's the messaging coming from the federal government is that putin is doing this and we're doing everything we can to stop it that's what i've seen jen Psaki basically say a lot but like ian i don't follow them closely because i know they're all full of crap and i have way more important things to learn about in this world than whatever the heck they're going to lie to me about they're also yeah they're also inconsequential right what what joe biden wants and what jen Psaki wants or any of these other talking heads that are elected it, it it's not going to change anything because the people who are actually implementing and creating these policies they aren't elected and they're not mm. going to change when we go from trump to biden or from biden to whoever is next just like they didn't change when we went from obama to trump like the Dr. Fauci is a great example. He's been the head of the CDC or whatever he is for like 40 something years. It's easy to focus on Joe Biden and Donald Trump and blame them for all things. However, the machinery behind them doesn't ever actually change. That's it, true. Yeah. That's yeah. why Joe Biden is inconsequential. However, inflation is barreling ahead. And as we were talking about, you know, the people, the actual powers that be, they don't change when the president changes. The heads of the Federal Reserve Bank. They don't actually change. I think the the Secretary of the Treasury, whatever that particular job does, may actually change. Yeah, I mean, every now and then bureaucrats do get changed out, but it doesn't change the direction of. Isn't tyranny. Janet Yellen? 
Janet Yellen that right now? Secretary I of the think Treasury. So. I well, whoever the secretary used to be the head of the Fed. Yeah, but whoever the Secretary of the Treasury is right now, it's some woman, and she was in Congress, I guess, this week, and she said that abortion is good for the economy. <laughs> okay. Just a weird reason to be pro-abortion. Yeah, that is a weird reason. But you make a really good point that whether uh, Janet Yellen or whoever is the Treasury Secretary right now or the Fed right now, you know, they they do occasionally get replaced but they they don't really get replaced they just move from one position to an almost Mm -hmm. identical Mm -hmm. other position and because of that the consumer price index and i don't remember what all of the little indexes are and how they measure inflation all of that however the consumer price index which i believe means the actual price that you see at the grocery store accelerated 8.3 percent in april more than the 8.1 percent estimate and near the highest level in more than 40 years. So, so sorry, just to be clear. That number reflects the percent increase from a year ago in May or, or in April. Yes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't represent from month to month. That's right. Right. All right. And that's what I want to know is it? I, I guess it's not super important. Inflation rose again this month, continuing or last month, and continuing a climb that has pushed consumers to the brink and is threatening the economic expansion said the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I don't know what economic expansion they're talking about. I've seen, you know, a lot of people praising the... (laughs) I've seen a lot of people praising the U.S. dollar as being strong, but then you look at things like this, even if the USD is up by 8%. What does that even mean? Up against what? People want the USD more than they want, you know, Bitcoin and stocks and stuff. I think that's what they mean when they say it's strong. Uh, Yeah. uh, Somebody said 8%. What is that? No, I was saying even if the dollar is 8% stronger now than it was a year ago, it's still down compared to the prices that people are paying. I just didn't complete that actual thought before. The only thing the dollar can be stronger against is other fiat currencies, right? I mean, that's what they compare. Whenever whenever you see some sort of news headline heralding the strength of the dollar, they're not ever comparing it to Bitcoin. They're not ever – and by the way, Bitcoin's down again. It's like 28,000, 29,000. I heard. That's uh, painful. Yeah. Uh, you know, but times it's not are the tough. end of the world. No. Uh, it's, it's, it's as low as it was in like just over a year ago. Um, but they never compare it to gold. They don't compare it to anything. Well, that's of course not, because it's never up against gold. Pretty much no. I mean, gold has kind, of sat, gold yeah. has kind of sat still for the last uh, decade for the most part. But uh, they don't do that. They only compare it to other fiat monies, other government monies all around the planet. And that's an unfair comparison because to say the dollar is strong compared to the ruble, which, by the way, the rubles actually regained everything it lost. Hmm. Yeah, I heard the ruble was strong right now. The ruble is actually about where it was last time I checked, which was a few days ago, about where it was right before the invasion, if not a little stronger against the dollar than it was right before the Ukraine invasion. But that's all they ever compare it to is they look at the other currencies of the world and they say, oh, it's doing great. But all of the central banks in the world are printing so it's a race to the bottom, and comparing it to other fiat currencies is like saying we have the best form of cancer. You're absolutely right. And the Consumer Price Index is a broad-based measure of prices for goods and services, but notably, as we've talked about here on the show, 
it removes some very critical aspects of our economy. Does it actually mention which ones are removed? Yes. Removing volatile food and energy prices, so-called core CPU, CPI. Hold on. Wait. It's unclear then. Because they're saying it's still the CPI, the core CPI, which mm-hmm. removes food and energy prices, only rose 6.2%. Right. So the 8.3% does include food, food and, energy. and energy, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Which is clouding hopes that infl- inflation had peaked in March. Well, it obviously hadn't peaked. If but, Technically, 8.5% to 8.3% is a peak, but... That's barely statistically. But I don't understand how that could be because it's not like point. What what happened to that point two percent? Did they destroy some some of the U.S. dollars in circulation? I, I it's just a, <laughs> it's just a government number. That's that's another reason I really don't keep up with this. Is I don't even know what's true when it comes from these people. Yeah, you you can't trust anything from them, and so what you can basically say is inflation is probably no less than this, but likely much greater than this because you know they're padding this number. I would it's certainly agree number. with that. And I think most Americans would agree with that based on how more than two-thirds of Americans are now living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. I remember when it was roughly a third or 40%, then it was half, and now really? it's two-thirds of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. And that's a large result of the inflation, the increase in the money supply that we've been watching go on since the COVID-19 pandemic began. Of course, the inflation has always been there, but the COVID-19 pandemic was really when they kicked it into overdrive. Mm-hmm. if you want to weigh in on inflation or whatever else. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves to talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160, if you would like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. I want to say thank you to Word Word Us, who, is, who was actually last night's amplifier. That means he's a member of the AMP program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show, if you like the idea of a national radio show reaching people with the ideas of liberty and giving people a platform where they can call in and talk about their opinions, you might consider joining the AMP program. That's AMPS, or excuse me, the AMPS program. That's amps.freetalklive.com. As Word Wordus has done, Word Wordus is a gold level amplifier, which means Word Wordus is giving, I think, $10 per month. We don't ask that. It only takes five bucks per month. That gets you in. So thank you, Word Wordus. We're talking about inflation here. And the new numbers that have finally been released by the government, but the numbers themselves aren't nearly as important as what people are feeling when they actually, you know, live their lives. You can't really put a number on that, no matter how much it frustrates the government. That 8.3% increase to the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, the average person out there living paycheck to paycheck, to them, that's just white noise. And evidently, it is more than the average American living paycheck to paycheck. I have an article here from CNBC.com about how two-thirds of Americans live paycheck to paycheck while inflation continues to climb. Now, they, like most mainstream media outlets, they they consider inflation to be an increase in the price of stuff. Mm -hmm. But of course, as we like pointing out, that's not what inflation actually is. That's a result of inflation, generally. It's a symptom. Yes. 
Inflation is an increase in the money supply. If you print a lot more dollars, like if we just double the supply of U.S. dollars, take every single dollar out there and multiply it by multiply it by two, mm-hmm. all of the prices are going to go up as a result of that. That's correct. More dollars chasing the same goods. Yes. That's right. Yep. Inflation is so showing no signs of slowing down, making it harder for workers to make ends meet. As they point out, the CPI increased 8.3% from a year ago, which is higher than the 8.1% estimate. I don't understand why the government is so inaccurate in its own estimates. The U.S. Bureau of Statistics... I mean, it's the state. I'm pretty sure they do things like that on purpose. And they have the excuse of, oh, we're incompetent. (laughs) But it's the same data, right? I don't know. I think there were some people that were just predicting it based on whatever factors they thought, and then the official numbers came out, so they were they were wrong. Although it was down slightly from the March peak, which was a 40-year high, by the way, inflation is still growing at the fastest annual pace in about four decades. Rising prices are putting household budgets in a vice. Price increases are widespread, but look at food and shelter which together account for 40% of the weighting in the CPI, that's the Consumer Price Index, and more than that for many households. So the Consumer Price in- Index, roughly 40% of it is just from the food, it's just people paying for food and shelter. That's mm-hmm. the inflation, the increase in prices is just in food and shelter. That's as I actually understandable. It. Uh, it, if not, it might should be higher than 40% because, I mean, if you think about the average person and what they spend money on, Shelter and food are two of the biggest expenses beyond maybe a car payment or something like that, right? Well, they are certainly necessities, mm-hmm. right? Those are two things that you really need in order to survive For is sure. food and shelter. And they're probably like the biggest chunks of what people pay every month, too. Like, definitely rent is really crazy high. They well, do seem to be. Higher than ever, actually. We talked about that in recent weeks where. The uh, lot of landlords last year told people they had to raise rates by like 30 to 40 percent. Yep. While wage growth is high by historical standards, it isn't keeping up with the increased cost of living, which we wouldn't expect it to. No, of course not. When wages rise at a slower pace than inflation, those paychecks won't go as far at the grocery store and at the gas pump, two areas of the budget that have been particularly squeezed. It's not just that your dollars are worth less. There's also there there are shortages in the supply. I, I don't know why That's gas true. is going up. I don't think it's I don't think I, I I couldn't even begin to imagine why gas prices are actually going up on a daily basis. However, they are at a new record higher. At least they were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of the increase in the money supply, the inflation actually accounts for all of that. And I don't think it's President Putin. I don't know what's going on, but it's It's severe, and people's wages are certainly not keeping up with it. So close to two-thirds, 64%, that is, of the U.S. population are now living paycheck to paycheck, which is just shy of the high of 65%, which happened in 2020, according to a Lending Club report, which surprises me. I wouldn't expect that number to ever go down once it hits, you know, a certain threshold. I guess it's good that people are trying to get their finances in order, but then again, the government going from sixty-five to sixty-four percent isn't even worth talking about. It's not statistically significant. In my life experience as a middle-class American who basically has known mostly other middle-class Americans, I feel like everyone I know lives paycheck to paycheck. 
Like even well, adults, it's always felt like my parents did. And yeah, I mean that is kind of the American standard in that way. It's it's really has more to do with Americans being trained bad when it comes to or you know, poorly when it comes to financial intelligence. They sure. they've never really understood debt. They they don't teach about it in school. And so, you know, whether they're getting into debt from going to college or racking up credit card bills, they end up with, oh, I feel like the average household was like 90000 in debt or something like that in the United States. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it's something I remember we've talked it was about fairly before. High. It was shockingly high. Uh, and so people just load on the debt and then you're owned basically from that point forward until you pay that off. You, you are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, and and that's because Americans have for forever been trained that oh it's fine to live beyond your means that's what our society is based on yeah that's what credit cards are get for, a credit right? card go get a bank loan live beyond your means you yeah you're earning this much money right now but you're gonna do better in the future so go ahead live large spend large you'll pay it off eventually. Yeah, and they never do. And it's also worth mentioning that they point out the high of sixty five percent in twenty twenty. However. Through a large part of 2020 and 2021, the government was paying people more money than ever to literally stay at home and do nothing. Mm. So those people who were living paycheck to paycheck, they were suddenly getting an extra $600 per week from the government to be, quote, unemployed. So, of course, they weren't their finances improved a bit. Probably but they just spent it all. That they probably, probably. did, yeah. I, I would guess. But. Or a lot of them were doing stocks. They're like, I'm going to do stocks now. And probably a lot of them lost money because they didn't know what they were doing. Oh, I'm sure they did. Consumers who are struggling to afford their day-to-day lifestyle tend to rely more on credit cards and carry higher monthly balances, making them financially vulnerable. Found the survey of more than 2,600 adults. Overall, credit credit card balances rose year over year, reaching $841 billion in the first three months of 2022. Wow. I don't know what that means. They do give a link. so you know, That presumably, sounds to me like Americans have over $800 billion in credit card debt. Yes, but are, right are they, is that a yearly amount? Uh, that would be a total amount. Okay. At this they're rate, currently carrying in, in credit card debt. That's my understanding. At this rate, balances could soon reach record levels amid higher prices for gas, groceries, and housing, among other necessities. Hey, but it's okay. You could just skip some meals, maybe. That's what some parents, some single parents are doing in order to save money during these economic during this economic hardship. Skipping it's worth meals. it to fight for Ukraine. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It is Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in, talk about whatever is important to you, how inflation is affecting you, if you'd like, 
603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And as mentioned, you know, inflation is not good. The, the prices are way up as a result of it. And because of that, people are now skipping meals and racking up debt. Ian, you pulled up some numbers about the huge debt that people are racking up. It's something like... I don't even remember the numbers now that you brought up. But You're talking about the total household debt? Yeah, household debt and credit card debt. It's Yeah, I think it was like $15 trillion. Yeah, and something like the average American has more than $5,000 on credit cards. Yeah, about $5,500 uh, is the average American's debt wow. on credit cards alone. With daily life now, the most expensive has been in 40 years. Single parents say they are running out of places to cut costs. I, I imagine that they evaluate their budgets. They'll find that's not really true. But the price of groceries, gas, rent, and utilities has marched higher over the last year, but wages have not kept up. And more than half of single parents make less than $15 an hour, according to research from Oxfam. Presumably that's Oxford Family or something. I'm shocked to hear more than half of single parents make less than $15 an hour. That is a surprise. That is really crazy. It's kind of hard to even find a job these days where you make less than $15 an hour. And Mm. you're a single parent trying to raise a child on that? That has left many single parents skipping meals so their children can have plenty of food, providing less healthy meals for their families and culling expenses to the point where any unforeseen cost could mean more debt or worse. For those families whose finances often have slim to no wriggle room, inflation, coupled with the end of federal relief efforts like enhanced child tax credit payments, is that the extra money they were given each month for having children? That's correct. Hmm. It, it was money that they were receiving at the end of the year during tax time right. that got spread across a 12-month period. So now instead of getting it at the end of the year, they get it every month. But that's but that has ended now. So I don't know about that. Uh, well, this article says it's ended. Okay, but I mean that they could be mistaken. It's compounding the financial strain. It's a really tricky game to figure out what I can do, what I can't do, and how can I squeeze a little more money here and there," said Elizabeth Saig, thirty-three, whose husband passed away from sudden heart sudden heart Damn. failure in twenty twenty mm-hmm. at the age of thirty-seven. Oof. I mean. If, you, if it was in 2020, he probably wasn't vaccinated. You don't think so? That didn't come Some out Some people, the very like end. high-risk people... Okay. It wasn't until like December it? of 2020 mm-hmm. that they, they started even getting the first rollouts. See, that that was my first guess. Sudden heart failure in 2020? Mm-hmm. That's suspicious, man. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth was left to raise their two-year-old son on their own, on her own. For a time after her husband's death, she received food stamps to help with grocery costs, But after she was able to start working again, teaching high school biology, she was no longer eligible. Her $25,000 annual income will also soon make her ineligible for the spousal death benefits she's received from Social Security. It's so messed up. I've heard this from so many people that I've worked with at uh, minimum wage paying jobs. But she's a school teacher. Well, I, I don't know. I just think it's, no, what I was going to say, it's so messed up that if you try to make more money, a lot of the times the way that the system for welfare is set up, it's like, oh, now you're not, you if you make more money, you're not going to be eligible for this. So you, you're, you'll be making less money overall anyway. So you need to stay on welfare. It's like, yes, it's incentivizing people to stay on welfare. Yeah. I heard this from so many people I've worked with that they're like, I don't want to 
pick up more shifts or get a second job because then I won't get my benefits. That's right. We covered one such story here from someone who needed to make almost twice the amount of money that she was making from her job in order to make it worth it for her to give up those benefits. Wow. Mm. I looked it up real quick. The average uh, pay for a school teacher, according to salary.com, is $39,000 per year. So she's making Mm. significantly less. Yeah, maybe she just needs to move. Yeah, it seems that way because... You know, twenty five. I know school teachers. They're not. It's not the most high paying job. I mean, it kind of is considering government school tends few, to pay a lot more than private schools. Yeah, they also don't have to work very long hours. They get, they get tons half a year. of vacation yeah. each year. If you, if you factor all that in, it's pretty good. But still, twenty five thousand dollars. That's that's lower than what you would make teaching in Mississippi. So she should move between the loss of survivors. I mean, for all we know, she's a preschool teacher. It doesn't say right. It says teaching high school biology. Oh, high school. Sorry, yeah. missed that. Between the loss of these survivors' benefits and the nutrition assistance, she will have $700 less on hand per month this year than she did last year. So government benefits are going away, and because of that, she is going to struggle. She says she has cut back across all aspects of her life. She'll keep the air conditioner set warmer to help ease energy bills, foregoing the luxury of a cool house on hot Florida days. Okay, so she's in Florida. She is no longer able able to enroll her son in gymnastics. She's taken on an extra tutoring role at work, and she's made a box of pasta suffice for four meals for herself so that her Mm. son, now three and a half years old, could enjoy his favorite hot dogs and salads. Dude, that is bleak. She has eaten essentially macaroni and cheese four meals in a row so that she can give her son hot dogs and salads. Mm. which aren't exactly expensive in the first place. In March, about 30% of single parents surveyed by Morning Consult said their household finances were worse than average Mm. versus just over 22% of all adults. I would expect, you know, single parents to be doing worse financially than people who are not single parents. During the 12-month period that ended in March of 2022, single-parent households say they made about 16% less than adults overall per month and spent about 8% less per month. I don't really care about those numbers. Those are meaningless to me. Stories about how this woman has eaten pasta four meals in a row, now that that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. But the this nonsense about, oh, it was 22% versus 26%, that's meaningless to people. And I would expect CNN to know better. On a They're month, just filling space. Yeah, that's why I'm skipping it. On a month-to-month basis, single parents really don't have a lot of extra room to help cover costs. They're really living paycheck to paycheck, but that's true of 66% of Americans Yeah, now. I was going to say, I feel like this is also this, true of uh, pe- people with both their parents. They're always yeah. focusing on single parents and not that... Well, there's no doubt that it's harder it's if hard you don't have other people in your household. And that's why people are, should be taking on roommates, honestly, if you if you haven't done that yet. And Unless they make tough- it illegal. Like well, Kansas, they, they to, like, Topeka, right? Uh, I don't think it was Topeka. It was some other place, but mm. but I think it was Kansas. Uh, taking on roommates is a way to reduce your, your household costs as long as you can find one that's trustworthy. Very true. Yeah, and that's honestly, that's uh, so scary even for me when I just had coconut. It was like, who can I trust to be alone with coconut? So if I had a kid, I feel like that'd be really, really hard. Mm. It, they do get some more examples, like in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Jessica Ridout, 41, and her two children, ages 8 and 10, have adapted to a more vegetarian diet because of the rising prices at the grocery store. Pre-pandemic, Ridout would spend about 50 to $75 per week on food. That weekly bill is now 100 to $125, she said. That's amazing. Wow. 
50 to $75 per, per week on food for yourself and two kids? Dude, I could spend that much by myself each week. Hmm. I mean, and that's not even factoring in eating. And that's if I went to the grocery store, it would cost me more than fifty to seventy-five dollars per week to feed myself. And she's in New York City. Well, yes, Brooklyn. I feel like they added that little tidbit in to be like, see, this is a way that you can uh, save money. Just stop eating meat, eat lentils and crickets. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely (laughs) threw that in. It's more profitable for the food companies and less nutritious for you, so your brain doesn't work correctly. She does say meat is expensive, and I would be lying if I didn't say I wouldn't kill for a nice piece of salmon once a week. But Mm. she can't justify the indulgence of $17 for a piece of salmon when she can use veggies to make two weeks' worth of lunches for that cost. She needs to get out of New York City because salmon isn't $17 here. City people. It would certainly help to leave New York City, but you know, a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. They, no, they love it there. And I don't know why. I, I, know. I cannot see what the appeal is. Okay, look, you want to live in a city? I could sort of understand that, but why New York City? The the biggest cesspool on the planet. Why would you want to live there? Even as a kid, I never was interested in New York City. I'm just like, oh, gray. If you don't count the times that I passed through on like airports, like I was actually in New York City for any substantial number, amount of time. It was once, and I never want to do it again. Hmm. What are your thoughts? Why? What is the appeal of New York City? Maybe you can call and enlighten me. 603-283-6160. When we get back, we're going to talk about Shanghai and the lockdown that we've been alluding to for a few days. So stay tuned for that. Free Talk Live. We're here invited to control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever you want. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And Bitcoin.com. Even though Bitcoin is down, you should still be learning about it because it's still world-changing technology. And it's not going away anytime soon. Don't let the... Don't let the doom mongering out there turn you off of it. Bitcoin is going to be just fine. Cryptocurrency is going to be just fine. These things are here to stay. And if you look at it from a year ago, Bitcoin's not doing, you know, super well. But if you look at it for two years ago or three years ago or four years ago, Bitcoin is doing just fine. And the It's only going to do better, in my opinion, going forward. I'm not a financial expert, and I'm certainly not a soothsayer, so I'm not predicting the future. But based on the U.S. government's tendency to create money, I tend to think in the long run, Bitcoin is a safer bet than USD. So go to Bitcoin.com to learn about it. Just click Getting Started at the top of the page. And if you already know about it, check out Bitcoin.com's new site at news.bitcoin.com if you want to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website. That's news.bitcoin.com. We have David on the line from Fort Smith, Arkansas. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a single uh, parent, uh, but I am a single-income uh, worker and a married couple. I've been married for 30 years to the same woman. We have Congrats. five children. And... Uh, you know, I've, when I turned 16, my dad said, well, guess what? You're spending money's your responsibility now. And I have five. I have four siblings. I'm one of five. And so I was I was driving a rake tractor and hauling hay for my grandfather when I was 12. And when I was 14, I got a paper route, threw my own papers, got up every morning, threw papers, had to go out and collect from customers on foot or on my bicycle. And then my brother and I went in together and bought us a moped together. 
uh, dad didn't help us. And uh, nice. we both had paper routes, and we did that. And the thing that I learned at a young age was how to work. And, and how know, to save, and it sounds like. how to work. Huh? And it sounds like you learned how to save as well, because plenty of people can work, but if they can't oh, yeah. hold on yeah. to what they've earned, then it doesn't no good. Oh, I've got, I've got a son that, when he was 21 years old, had $45,000 in the bank. That's great. I paid cash for a Corvette, and uh, when he went to trade it in for a new vehicle when he was 21, uh, the sales guys asked him, I said, how much do you owe for that? He said, I don't owe Nothing. anything. <laughs> nice. And they said, well, how's a 20, how does a 21-year-old uh, pay for pay cash for a Corvette? He said, well, uh, my girlfriend eats off the dollar menu, and he wasn't lying. <laughs> And so, no, it, I get where you're coming from, David. Unfortunately, you know, that's not something we see a lot of. We do see it a lot in New Hampshire. Um, everyone that I personally know with kids has those kids like out there, you know, collecting eggs or doing something like that as part of their family, yeah. you know, homesteading yeah. or whatever. And it probably happens to some degree in the South still, but by and large, you know, you talk about, you know, riding a tractor at the age of 12 where people are going to scream child abuse and child slavery and all sorts mm-hmm. of nonsense in modern America. Oh, I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. it is cool. I, I'm with you. Know, you. I'm driving a tractor. I'm going to school telling my friends I drove a tractor all weekend. My, I was working yeah. a cash register when I was, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years old at my mom's shop in Florida and, you know, learning the basics of customer service. Somebody you know, we know. As early as you can. Uh, well, yeah. Jay Noon, he's a host on this show. His daughter is like two, and she goes out and happily feeds all the pigs and does farm work with him, and it's really cute. Yeah. Well, we homeschool our kids, too, so, you know, Smart we raise slaves. You know? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that's what some people think about homeschoolers. Oh, yeah, you do that so your kids can work for you. <laughs> Well, well, no, David, thank you so much for the call tonight. I mean, it's it's always encouraging to hear these stories of people throughout the United States who are still, you know, I'm not a traditionalist by any means. I, I don't think, you know, tradition is anything important, but it is. Some things are important. And among those are, you know, raising children who can grow up to be competent, capable adults who can take care of themselves. Gee, you think? I, I do think that. Yeah, it's but that's radical a, now to have that perspective. Yeah, that is a controversial opinion because so much of the American system is built around taking care of people mm-hmm. and so that they don't have to take care of themselves. Like we were talking earlier about the, you know, the countless stories we hear about these people who make, you know, $28,000 a year. And they're like, I would, I want to take more money. I could make more money. But if I do that, then I'm going to lose all these benefits. And to outweigh that loss, I have to make, you know, twice as much money. So more than... I don't know the numbers, but huge amounts of people are living on, you know, social welfare and would not be able to maintain the lifestyles they, they're able to. Well, and that's one of the saddest parts about the people who are productive, like David's kids and other people who raise their kids right to, to have a good work ethic and to learn how to save money so you don't have to rely on debt and you don't have to rely on the state in order to support yourself. The problem, of course, is the productive people are the ones who are paying the price to keep all these slackers uh, you know, fed and clothed thanks to all these state welfare programs. But it's, so. it just sucks because of the incentive. A lot of people are just lazy. They're just like, I want to not work and collect money. Yeah, those people exist. But it really does suck that there are people who are like, I have the drive to work more, but why would I do that? Just common self, uh, sense and self-preservation tells me 
keep doing what I'm doing and collect my money because I have more money that way. I could take care of my kids that way and stuff like that. Yeah, That's you, like the, one of the saddest things in America. That is common, but it's sad. It is sad because it's not like you're not relying on yourself in that instance. Mm-hmm. You you are relying on somebody else. You're relying on the state and that I don't know how people live with that. Yeah, what when COVID happened, I made the decision not to live that way, but most people don't have like the moral conviction that I do to be honest. That's cuz they were raised wrong. I lost my, my job during COVID and I just went to do Uber Eats and I didn't I didn't feel like figuring out how to get the $600 a month welfare, so that's kind of part of it, but also I just was like why would I do that? I don't, I don't know. It's just raised better than There's some amount of, of pride in being able to take care of yourself and yeah, not having to, to go on welfare. And get fat. Like, I'd probably sit around and get fat and uh, sad if I wasn't working. It, it is heartbreaking to realize that, you know, a lot of people don't see any issue with living on government welfare. They have no sense of pride mm-hmm. or no, no desire for independence or the ability to take care of themselves. But even beyond that. Or even for, you know, some level of greatness or accomplishment or anything like that. That's true. They they don't even want the bare minimum of being able to sustain their own existence. Yeah, I mean, and look I at know Sarah. That- she, Sarah, the welfare uh, lady that calls in every night. Uh, her idea of an accomplishment is filling out a form correctly. Yeah, she was proud of herself for going and getting a vaccine. That's true, but there's also a moral issue at work here, which is that this money that they're getting is being stolen from other people, mm-hmm. and. They they have no issue with that, and it's because they, they do all these mental gymnastics where, oh, it's not theft, or they, they convince themselves they deserve that money, hmm. and the other people don't deserve it. Or no, it's really, you know, billionaires like Jeff Bezos or whoever who are paying, you know, for their social welfare. No, but, it's really people like David and, and his kids, the productive, yes. the, the productive class in America that are paying those costs. And that's the sad thing is David and, and, you know, people who are productive like him are able to not only take care of their own family, but make enough money to pay off this just ever increasing in scope and cost government out there to keep all these people who could work sarah the welfare queen that calls in she absolutely could work but she just chooses not to because she has bipolar yeah lots of people i was about to bring that up lots of people think oh i deserve this because i have a mental health issue i'm like depressed and and that's really just uh i i can't say that that's only laziness but that's partial. I mean, I think it's, it's partially laziness. I've seen it in my life a millions and millions, millions of millions of times. I think the myth that there is a mental health crisis in the United States is the mental health crisis, right? Hmm. It's just a lot of people who are self-diagnosing who want to believe that they're mentally ill or that they have some sort of mental health issue. So they they learn what to say. I just, it, look, if I wanted to, I, I might do this sometime just to prove the point of mm. just going to 10 different therapists. That, I don't have time to go to 10, but <laughs> three different therapists and try my best to get a diagnosis from each one of them. Like I'm going to get anxiety disorder from that one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get schizophrenia from that one. I'm going to get bipolar sure. OCD from that one. Yeah. And I guarantee you, I can get those diagnoses well, from guess these what? Ther- therapists. Those, those people have an incentive. If they're a psychiatrist, for instance, they have an incentive because they can then prescribe you medicine and that means you've got to keep coming back to get new prescriptions and that's business for them so they have an incentive to find a problem with you and the dsm i don't remember what it stands for but it's the like the guidebook to all things wrong with people they keep adding new things to it over time yeah 
And, you know, they do have that incentive, but a, a lot of these are also, you can, if you go to the government and you have the look, I've got this sheet of paper that says I have bipolar disorder, I can't get a job. Oh, well, here's your welfare package. Mm-hmm. Also, we're going to pay for your therapist from now on because, of course, we are. So it's just this huge scheme of money being filtered around from people like David and funneled into their reckless therapists via the state and to people who want to convince themselves that they're special and they have these mental disorders. People who make their own money, they're not paying into welfare because they want to take care of these people. They're paying off the government to keep them from shooting them for not paying for these people. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today, video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And coming up just over a month, I believe it's about five weeks away, five weeks in a day at this point. I'm not exactly sure. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is starting. They are officially sold out. However, you can still join us at ForkFest. That is the decentralized, I don't want to say alternative because it's... An alternative suggests that it's competing and that it's happening at the same time. We're like, no, don't go to there. Then go to our thing. That's not it at all. Come to both. Yeah, ours is more like a decentralized continuation of the same ideas, but decentralized. It's really difficult to describe, and you'd really have to come experience it for yourself because ForkFest... It's just libertarians at a campground hanging out. Yeah, but it has had speakers and stuff in the past. It has had a band play in the past. There was that. I wanted to do it again this year, but we... we, Couldn't get it together. We ran out of time, and other people were doing other things, and I was like, well, I could find a singer, but... That was why I quit playing in bands in the first place because you spend, you know, five months to find a singer who shows up every four practices and it's just a nightmare to actually make happen. But yeah, there is stuff that happens at ForkFest. Check it out at ForkFest.party. That's fork, like the utensil you eat with, Fest.party. Whereas, like ForkFest, a lot of people who don't know better would be like, okay, Pork, P-A-O-R-K, right? Mm-mm. But no, it doesn't mean that, so... Check it out, ForkFest.party. However, we do have callers on the line. Let's go to those. We have John calling from Texas. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, hello. Yeah, I wanted to get some financial, no, not financial advice, just like some suggestions maybe. That's good because we we don't give financial advice. 
Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I noticed. Everyone says we are not financial advisors. So well, we're not. We're, we're just uh, three people who talk. Yeah. Uh, Shiba, is that a good investment? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately ask for financial advice. That's probably my worst decision I ever made was buying Shiba. Not worst decision, maybe worst crypto decision I ever made. I mean, I've been out of crypto since the whole Shiba Inu thing really took off. Like Dogecoin was the big one when, you know, I ended up being forced into retirement for the foreseeable future from cryptocurrency. Shiba wasn't really popular. It looks to me as someone sitting on the outside who has an understanding of what's going on that the, the ship for Shiba has already sold. If you wanted to ride sure that to the that moon way. and sell it at its peak, you've already missed that boat. Yeah, you should have bought it in 2020. Yeah, you should have bought it back when it was, you know, point zero 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 one penny. It could go up, it's, but I don't know what it's at now. Yeah, it went up insane between when it came out and, and its peak. I mean, it's it's not even ever going to hit one cent. That's like the great dream for Shiba, that it could hit one cent. Uh, but it's, Well, that was the great dream for Dogecoin for a really long time. But and the it, difference is there's way more Shiba. So okay. the physical amount of, uh, the amount of Shiba out there, if it got that high, would become more valuable than Bitcoin. So it's oh, that's not okay. even it's not even a very likely potential at all for this thing. Uh, Shiba is essentially what they call a meme coin, uh, and so for listeners that aren't familiar with this, you know, in the world of Bitcoin, there's all these other alternatives, right? So there's a, a ton, there's thousands of other alternatives to to Bitcoin out there, and some of them are more useful than others. Some of them have interesting concepts behind it. So, for instance, Dash is designed to be a digital cash. It's designed to be something that's actually used in uh, in business and actually people spending it and uh, that sort of thing. And then there's others that are like Ethereum, where it's a programming platform and you can do neat things that you know you can't do with Bitcoin. So there's there's usually something else that alternatives to bitcoin try to bring to the table some sort of new innovation or whatever some of them die uh we're seeing that happen it looks like with luna uh this uh this week which is yeah. sorry to sorry to see that go but, but i mean there's a uh, long list of ideas failed. and yeah yeah failed long I, I, list of them. I used to run a website called cryptocurrencycheck.org where you know the idea behind this was during the ico craze the mm-hmm. idea behind it was to evaluate these icos as they came out and give a likelihood about whether or not, and the, we made it clear this was personal opinion, whether or not it was a scam or a crap coin, or both, because it could be both. And there, there were so many orange coin, pot coin, hemp coin, canna coin. I could go on, lime coin. I could go on and on sure. naming different cryptocurrencies that came into existence, had nothing to offer. But they got people to invest in them, and the next thing you know, they're gone. Yeah. And this this is common. Shiba Inu, I think the ship on that has sailed. However, I was just thinking, I wish I could get involved in cryptocurrency because I could easily make an Ethereum, an ERC-20 token called Golden Retriever Coin and just use my, my Golden Retriever as the logo for that, plast it on Facebook and Twitter. It and might I, work. I could probably make a decent amount of money doing that. But the that. problem is, number one, Ethereum is super expensive to transact. So. Right. If you were going to make a new meme coin, Ethereum, while it is incredibly popular, and that's why people put things there, you cannot go and buy $10 worth of Shiba. 
because you would have to pay probably $10 in order to simply move it from one wallet to another. Bitcoin uh, Cash would be a better alternative at this point. There's certainly. a ton of great places to put tokens. Can you make tokens on Bitcoin Cash? You can. You can. Oh. There's also, of course... I have uh, one I created. I don't remember what it's called now. I think like Satanacoin or something mm. like that. There's Stellar, uh, and there's a bunch of networks out there where you can create tokens. Um, but anyway, the point being... I think you're right, Arya. The Shiba Inu thing, it's sort of ha- probably has already peaked. I certainly haven't recovered. Is probably going down. It's like right now, I looked at the price earlier today. I think it's down uh, to maybe an eighth of what it was when it uh, when it peaked. So it's definitely way, way down. And you have to ask yourself, why would this thing ever be popular? Besides the fact that it's a meme. Because that's all it ever has. It's, it's not even the best breed of dog. No, no, Elon Musk tweeting on Twitter about, you know, Shiba Inu would be the best thing that could happen to it. And that, that's the only thing I could see in the foreseeable future that would cause people to, you know, start pumping and dumping. Shiba. But that's the thing with these meme coins is that you're trying to get in on the ground floor and make money on what is almost by definition a pump and dump scheme. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's can true. Can I add on to this Go conversation ahead. real fast? Sure. Uh uh, in defense of Shiba, I was looking up some stuff, and Samsung and Microsoft have both uh, kind of teamed up, teamed up with them, and they're going to start using the Shiba coin. I don't believe and it. I per- yeah, it seems unlikely. Yeah. Microsoft won't even accept, you know, Dogecoin. They'll accept Doge before they accept um, Shiba, and I don't think they're anywhere near willing to accept Doge. There's no way anyone would accept Shiba for payments because no one would ever pay with Shiba. And why would they accept that before accepting like Bitcoin or Ethereum or something first? Microsoft has accepted Bitcoin in the past for some of their online services. I forget what but no longer? Was Xbox or whatever. I feel like they stopped doing it when the fees got crazy. But I, I know don't. that Valve did. Yeah, I don't exactly. know about Microsoft. And that's why the fees? That's why they're not going to use the the bigger known coins because the fees are too expensive. Well, there well, are plenty they of big... use, like Bitcoin Cash or something. Yeah, there are plenty of Bitcoins like. Bitcoin Cash or Dash or whatever, where the fees aren't ridiculous. That's that's the biggest criticism of Bitcoin and Ethereum that there are. But there are plenty of Monero has very low fees. There are plenty of you know top one hundred cryptocurrencies where the fees are not unreasonable. You do understand what the fees are like on Ethereum, right, dude? Because Shiba's a, a coin on Ethereum, right? Right. Shiba is a is just another Ethereum token. Which I mean, means oh, really? Anytime... I thought it was at least like yeah. Dogecoin, where it was nope. like its own. Oh, you didn't know that's that? why Dogecoin's no, better. I, Shiba wasn't a big Sorry deal. Sorry if I wasn't clear. That's why I was saying it's expensive to use uh, Shiba because it's on the Ethereum network. Maybe you said that it didn't register. So if you want to go buy $10 worth of Shiba, yeah, sure, you can do that on an exchange, but then you've got to keep it there because if you ever want to withdraw it from the exchange, it's going to cost you $10 just to withdraw it. So it's, uh, it's a total waste of time. And this whole idea that uh, Microsoft is behind this, uh, there, I don't see any evidence for that. I think Microsoft made some sort of tweet about dogs. At some point, and so the Shiba people went crazy <laughs> and thought that that meant that they were going to somehow do something with yeah. Shiba. So. Call, caller, I see stuff like that all the time, and I'll tell Ian, like, oh, this thing is like, I don't know, Walmart, they're accepting Bitcoin now. And then it ends up to not be true because there's just like crazy amounts of rumors about this stuff going around. I mean, to be fair, it's not beyond the realm of expectation that eventually Walmart is going to begin accepting Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or whatever cryptocurrency. So I can understand why, you know, if people see these things, they they share them and assume they're true because we are going to hit that point at some point. But you shouldn't get into cryptocurrency because you want to, you know, get in on the ground floor of a pump and dump scheme. Certainly there's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Elizabeth, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Elizabeth is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show, if you want to help us reach a larger audience, show your support for the hosts and all of that great stuff, the AMPS program is by far the best way to do it. And it's probably as, you know, there's an advertisement running on Free Talk Live as at some point during the commercial about how it's probably the best bang for your buck you can get in the liberty movement. I tend to think that's true. I realize I don't have an unbiased opinion here being one of the people on Free Talk Live. So obviously I wanted to reach a larger audience, but I think it's probably the best way. Elizabeth here is a platinum level amplifier, which means that Elizabeth is giving, I think, $25 per month to the AMPS program. We don't ask that, though. Five bucks per month, that gets you in. And there's an AMP-only server, an AMP-only room on the Matrix server. There's an AMP-only Facebook group and even an AMP-only podcast. So check that out, amps.freetalklive.com if you want to find out more about it or sign up. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, however. We have Steve, who is on the line from Georgia. Steve, are you with us? I sure am. How are y'all? Hey, got a lot of background noise there from you. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, let me get out of the kitchen then. I didn't even catch that. Let me get out of the kitchen, yeah. Ah. Restaurant kitchen, one of the loudest places I can think of. (laughs) Certainly not a great place to sit there on hold. I mean, it it does happen, and you have been on hold for a while, so it's completely understandable. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, so one of the things that y'all were talking about earlier was ways that people are getting, like, through this economically hard time. Um. And one of the things that used to happen that I think we should bring back, back when I was a up-and-coming chef, it was not a big deal to be able to go to your boss and say, hey, um, can I buy at-cost food, right? And that's probably how I got 30 or 40% of my meals was I would buy chicken at wholesale prices from my boss. Well, they're not doing that anymore. Um, it's probably difficult, and, too. I mean, with so many of these places being, you know, chain restaurants or places like McDonald's or something like that. I can imagine, you know, if you work for your local, you know, if you lo- worked for one of the local burger or something like that, you wanted to buy, you know, their hamburgers for you to take home and cook. I imagine they would be okay with it. But if you went to your boss at McDonald's and like, hey, can you sell me some burger patties at, at cost? I don't think they would even be allowed to do that, even and if the manager wanted to. Supply chain issues, too. The restaurants might not have enough ingredients. I don't know if that's everywhere, but... Well, that's that's definitely a, a national issue with chicken right now. Um, U.S. Foods is only giving out 80% of chicken. So if you order 100 pounds, you get 80 pounds. Um, what? Well, the beef and stuff... Say what? what? So I assume they only charge you for 80 pounds as well, right? No, yeah, they only charge you for 80 pounds. But yeah, with with the culling of the herds and with the lack of chickens, right, their lack of chicken meat right now, yeah, they sent out a letter about a month ago and said, hey, we're going to send you what we can send you, 
And right now it's hovering around 80%. If you order 100 pounds, you're probably going to get 80. So this isn't fair. This isn't terribly uncommon. It happened a lot at my old job where like there would be a shortage of, you know, pigs or whatever. So I'm like, okay, well, if you order, you know, this amount of ham, you're only getting, you know, 75% of that or the chicken wings. Chicken wings was way more common. Okay. What but why doesn't everybody, yeah, just uh, order 25% more? Um, if you do that, they cut you off. I see. Huh. So you have, so they know what um, you typically order, and they say, okay, well, you can't order more than what you your average order is, or something like some that. Some of these places automated yeah, it as well, hmm. where like they they would just take you out of the equation, like, look, this is this is the amount you've been ordering for the last year. This is the amount we're going to send you, and hmm. it's slightly less than the amounts you've been ordering. Make wow. it work. Hmm. But again, that's and, not. And um, go I'm ahead, Steve. Think- no, go ahead. Um, one of the things they're doing, and I've talked to the drivers about it, um, a lot of restaurants get supplied overnight, and what happens is they open the door, they drop the food in the freezer, they, they leave. Uh, drivers are now getting bonuses if they, if they report people that are, quote-unquote, hoarding chicken. So if they, if they open up and they see that you have 1,000 pounds of chicken or 200 pounds of chicken, and I say those numbers, and to some people, that sounds like a lot. On Mother's Day, we went through um, probably three-quarters of a ton of chicken. Damn. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, 100 pounds of chicken is not a lot of chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's made, what, what is that, 20 whole rotisserie chickens, something along those lines? Yeah, I mean, but think about this. And you that's, give a, that's kid 20 meals. Four chicken, you give a kid four chicken tenders. Um, that's half a pound of chicken. Mm. Uh, and so how many orders of kids chicken tenders do you get on mother's day? How many orders of kids chicken tenders do you get on average Friday? And then, I mean, so it's, it's not a lot of meat that we're talking about here mm-hmm. when you're, when you're a restaurant. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I fed myself while becoming a chef was I would go to my boss and be like, Hey, can I have 20 pounds of chicken this week? Can I have five pounds of chicken this week, 10 pounds of chicken? Um, and then on top of that, for a while, it was not uncommon that if you work 10 hours in a kitchen, they just gave you a meal. No mm-hmm. one's given anybody anything anymore. Really? Oh, wow. Because wow. normally that's one of the perks of working in a restaurant is you get a decent either employee discount or you get some free food. Um, I will say that I work for one of the largest arguments. Like, hey, I got to go. All right. Thank you so much no for the call tonight, Thanks. Steve. I, I wish I'd been able to finish hearing that statement because, you know, that's been my experience. I've worked in a he fair works bit for of a corporate chain. He said okay. that before. Yeah. I've worked in a fair bit of food service. The worst employee discount I ever saw at one of these places was like it was a 50% off deal. And that mm-hmm. was if you had worked there less than a year or something like that. I don't remember the exact specifics. There were two different ones. One where you, you only had to pay the cost of the taxes on the meal, mm. and the mm. other was 50%. And I don't remember what you had to do to qualify for the tax-only one, but it it's certainly beneficial. I mean, at my old job, there were people who worked there just for the employee discount. And I knew people back when I was in high school who worked at Walmart for the same reason. That seems to me to be a silly reason to work somewhere, but you it, know, to each it, their own. I, when I worked at Walmart, I mean, I obviously worked there for the money, but also I loved the employee discount because it was it didn't count towards any food. But it was like 10% off everything else. And I already bought everything at Walmart. I was there. I just got to do my shopping right when I got off work. And 10% off is like, it, that really adds up. I thought that was nice. That makes it's kind sense. of a crappy discount, but it is what I mean, it is. If you're but already you shopping it, there. Yeah, sure. It's like, 
you can buy everything you need for a bathroom. You know, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's if you can get a ten percent discount on almost everything you buy, it's it may in fact be worth it, depending on the amount of money you're making. Though. And I had a good Walmart, not a keen Walmart that has <laughs> nothing on the shelves. They used to give us ten percent off at Kmart, so it's like that's kind of the standard. It's not okay. It's not woo. Thirty no, percent off, then you know twenty five. Like when I worked off. at Sally's, it was like ten percent off also. But I didn't buy everything I use in the world at Sally's. I, I could buy anything I need at Walmart. I'm curious if the desire to hire more employees is causing companies, restaurants to give better, you know, employee discounts. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. You can join us. There is more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, where you are invited to join us. 603-283-6160 if you would like to take control of the airwaves. Share your thoughts and opinions at 603-283-6160. Coming up in tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Coinbase and their possible bankruptcy. There are threats to people about how, hey, look, you know, if we go bankrupt, our users' funds might be wiped out, which is alarming for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that they should be financially solvent or financially stable enough where their users aren't likely to lose money as a result of that. But even if they, it's all very confusing and we're going to need to get into that with you. Oh, I was going to say, I wonder if they're at their point in their relationship with the government yet. Well, where they'll get bailed out if something bad happens to them. Oh, that's a good point. It it may be that's the angle they're trying to create here. They're they're trying to play that card already. Get it ready for them to, hey, look, government, if if you don't bail us out with X amount of money, all our users are going to lose their their money. Hmm. I wouldn't put it past Coinbase based on what we've seen from them in the past. However, before we get into that, we talked about it a lot last night and never actually got into it. The Shanghai lockdowns. Evidently, it's not just people being locked in their apartments. There are also people who are being locked outside, living. And this made me check the average temperature. The average temperatures in Shanghai right now, they are about 58 degrees. I think, if I recall correctly, China should be going into wintertime around now. Or no, you're thinking of like Australia, like Australia. Or yeah, whatever. Northern Hemisphere is I all thought the China same. China was mostly Southern Hemisphere. No, I, I actually know. looked into this earlier last year because um, I was like, "Does it snow in China?" So I was googling all this stuff, and yeah, they're Northern Hemisphere. Oh wow, okay, I stand corrected. That I thought they were Southern for some reason, and it snows in a lot of China. Like I don't know why I never thought about it because it borders Russia. Shanghai is in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay. Well, that's good at least. So, so it's, it's only going to now. get warmer yeah. there. Yeah. Is some of China in the southern hemisphere? I don't know. That makes it kind of worse, though, that they're locking down over a cold virus in mm. the middle of the spring while they're going into summer. Yeah. Well, they- an earlier story that I read uh, when they talked about food that was spoiling, that was being delivered, uh, they said some of the days were already hitting 80 degrees there. Who it hit 80 was- degrees here today or close to it. And- yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a lot hotter than I thought it was. Yeah, so. we're we're acclimatized to the north now because today I was like, wow, it's hot. And it was like almost 80 Even degrees. sunburned over here. We got here. sunburned. We only walked around <laughs> for like a half hour today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it got hot quickly. I hope it, you know the people in Shanghai are doing better, but 
you know, here in New Hampshire, at least, it drops down to like 40 degrees at night. Even even though it was 80 degrees today, it's, I yeah. think it's probably going to drop down to like 52, 53 tonight. I think we're past the 40s. However. Oh, it'll be back. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going off the frost point thing at this because mm. I'm not 100% sure what that means. But I think the frost point is when it drops down or hits 32 degrees or below on a given night. And from what I can tell, right. we're well past that point. The, the Farmer's Almanac says May the 19th, but if you look at the weather, it's going to be fairly warm here. And I that's hope only that's a week anyway. People, that's true. I hope it's true for the people in Shanghai as well, because I can't imagine spending outside 80 degrees during the day and 40 degrees at night. That's, that's not healthy for an individual to be dealing with. And why are these people living outside? Well, that's an interesting part of this that isn't getting talked about uh, apparently they have delivery people you know who are delivering amazon or alibaba or whatever it is they have or making food deliveries or whatever and they're allowed to do that doordash basically except in shanghai and once they do that they're not allowed to go home to their families is that correct yeah, uh, the story's from the Wall Street Journal. We've covered a lot about Shanghai here in the last, I don't know, six weeks or so that this lockdown has been going on there. They're in. It has been a very long time. They're roughly at around day number 50. Some areas have uh, less than 50 days, but it's many, many weeks uh, that they've been locked down. But there's a certain group of people there that are not locked down because they are out working. They're locked out. They're just not allowed to go home. According to Karen Hao, reporting from Shanghai. She says the lockdown has kept tens of millions of residents trapped indoors for a month and a half. Thousands of others in China's wealthiest city of, by the way, 25 million people have yeah, found... Yeah, it's huge. That's obnoxious. Yeah, that's like the population of, what, Texas obnoxious. or Florida? <laughs> it is, uh, I wouldn't live in a city with 25 million people. Are you kidding? I Screw either. that. But city people like it there yeah, until 20- now. Uh, thousands of others in their wealthiest city have found themselves in the op- opposite predicament, living in the street. Victims of the same strict COVID-19 rules that are keeping most residents homebound, mainly of the newly homeless are migrant. Sorry, many of the newly newly homeless are migrant laborers from rural areas and smaller cities who often live hand to mouth while sharing an apartment with other workers. For many, the companies they work for have closed down during the lockdown, including boarding up worker worker dormitories. Some have chosen to join the tens of thousands who zip around Shanghai on bikes or scooters for food delivery platforms like. Alibaba Group's LA.me and MyTuan's namesake service. So these are the equivalent of Uber Eats and, you know, uh, Postmates or whatever else. So I was curious, have. you know, 25 million people. How does that stack up against the biggest city I know of, New York City? Shanghai, That's 10 million more. Yeah, it, well, it's almost three times as many. According to Google, New York City has a population of about 8.38 oh, million. I yeah. was thinking... Uh, I was thinking uh, I'd heard the number 15 when it comes to New York, okay. and that's probably because there's that many more that come into the city from the surrounding areas oh my during the daytime. Oh, kind of like how kind of like how Keene is a population of the Keene's where we live, by the way, it's New Hampshire, a small city. But uh, Keene has, quote unquote, 22 or 23,000 people population, but I've heard estimates that as many as 50,000 people are in the city during the day because you get get a ton of people coming in from everywhere else to either go to work or go shopping. So when you factor that into New York City, you've got all the bedroom communities outside of the city itself, 
tons of people are coming in there. But again, still I can imagine how is, awful that that rush hour traffic is. Oh, it's terrible. That, that's why most people take uh, trains. But uh, yeah. uh, but again, Shanghai still tops that easily with uh, with twenty five million people. So with the income uh, comes the stigma of a higher COVID risk. While the Shanghai government has granted special lockdown exemption for food delivery workers, rest- and not many other people have an exemption in Shanghai. So like if you ever get – I saw some footage today of a big intersection, like one of those mega city intersections in, in Asia. Right, that but is, like 14 different connecting highways. Normally that- there's just a ton of cars, just a ton of people, and there's no one there except for like one little bike that, that goes – little motorbike that goes through. And those, It's just like a zombie film. Yeah, those are the delivery people. So when, if you see somebody on the streets riding around, they're probably delivering food to people. They probably have to live under a bridge right now. That's literally what's happening, Bonnie, is they are living outdoors under bridges and wherever else they can find some form of shelter popping up tents uh things like that so residential compounds have their own rules barring these individuals from returning to their apartments for fear they will bring the virus back with them now why is that well the other night on the air aria i had said i had speculated that if you get infected with covid and remember they're testing people every single day in shanghai so right uh, like one, lunatics every twice a day if i recall correctly they had to do the it might one, depend on where but okay. different areas of the city so they're calling people down from their apartments every single day to do a, a covid test and i s- speculated that if you failed the test i believe that they take your entire apartment to quarantine right and if it you sounds think like the it, chinese government yeah if you think about it it quote unquote makes sense from the insane control freak perspective <laughs> right like it's it's if they're treating this as some crazy deadly uh, virus and you take everybody to quarantine yep. some people are now saying and it's not reported in this article but there's there are rumors that they're taking entire apartment buildings now that sounds more like the chinese yeah. communist government to be oh, honest and have you seen any of the footage with the men in the hazmat suits spraying this whatever god knows chemical fog out of these spraying devices no. not since early 2020 right because i saw it then right well and- those guys are back and what happens if you get taken to quarantine is those dudes go into your apartment and they spray every single inch of it down including inside the refrigerator what, what are they spraying? Who knows what this stuff is? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's, although it's unlikely, maybe you have some idea of what in the world they're spraying on people's apartments in China. Because we were just watching a video of it, and it's really, it is what we saw in the early 2020, in the early years when, like, Dr. Chen was someone who I was watching uh, mm. via Telegram after, I think he got kicked off of Twitter. I don't remember now, but he was spreading videos. Probably uh, a Chinese agent. It, it would seem that, well, I don't know. It was, it, it made it seem more horrifying than it was. Like, the pictures of Beijing on fire. I, I mean, the videos of just lo- buildings burning, a lot large fires where you could see them burning in the distance. Totally unexplained by the Chinese government. You know, what, what were they burning? 
videos of people just walking down the street and dropping dead from COVID-19. and Allegedly. Yeah, and just armies of people in these hazmat suits walking around spraying this this cloud of something all over everywhere out in the streets and stuff. So, And a lot of that, like people dropping dead in the streets, we now know that that wasn't actually happening. That wasn't a real thing that was going on. But there was just enough factual information in there, like the guys in the hazmat suit, that the rest of it seemed sort of reliable. But we never learned what they were spraying. And I didn't think anything about it. And then they returned. Or they may not have gone away, but... Property rights have gone away because people can just go in your house now. We'll take (laughs) you away from your house forcibly. Go in your house and spray your pillow down with unknown substances and then pour all the food out of of your fridge. Well, in China, I suppose they probably could do that for a very long time. And I Hmm. I doubt that's new to COVID-19. They're just doing it big time now. Right. I mean, they've been doing it to the Uyghur Muslims for a very Hmm. long time in, in the Xinjiang province. At least for a decade or so. I I don't know exactly how long that's been going on, but it's been quite a while that I've been talking about it. Mm. And this is just the same sort of nonsense there. It's just given for a different reason and applied to a larger portion of the population. So instead of just targeting the Muslims in this one province, they're targeting everyone in every province. And they're using COVID-19 as an excuse to do it, but the result is still the same. They're they're taking people out of their homes. They're, They're taking their stuff like like the food that we saw them emptying out of the fridge, it's not going to be any good by the time that person leaves quarantine. But even if it was, they're, they're probably throwing that food in the trash or in the dumpster or in a fire or something. They're, sure. not, they're not putting it aside for safekeeping to be returned to this person. Nope. And they're probably not doing that with a lot of their belongings. It seems superfluous to me that they, they would... It, it's actually shocking to me that the Chinese government would even take the time to spray down people's pillows and blankets instead of just taking them and tossing them into the dumpster. That's what I would expect from the Chinese government. Yeah, and burn them yeah. or something. Like, well, even the army and uh, other parts, you know, the, the the people who are part of the government, but they're the strong arms of the government, they have to have these little stupid uh, things they have to do because they're also under, like, mind control. They have to be doing things to, so they feel like they're doing something important. That's, like, what the army does all day, every day. They... Uh, Go do dumb little silly tasks. Like my mom, when she was in the army, she was getting paid by the army to go out and pick up cigarette butts for like eight hours a day in the parking lots of the uh, place she worked. And it's just like, it's part of mind control. Like you are a controller and you are also controlled. That entire job whose person was just picking up cigarette butts? My mom. Oh, I did not know that. We have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Um, I just heard on the radio news today that they actually surveyed the drivers of what they want in their new cars. So the features they them? want. Well, I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't know what the, I guess the car manufacturers or automobile people or okay. whoever. So what, what did they want? What, are the, what were the big results of the survey? Okay, so the big result of the survey, well, the result was that they wanted what I want, what I always talk about, the automatic sensor brakes in the front and the back, because they automatic ran what over brakes? sensor brakes, are automatic these, sensor. If I understand correctly, and Sarah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more accurate than you are, because I don't think you've ever driven a car. <laughs> 
what this is is one of the you know one of the cameras that are watching the front of the vehicle for mm-hmm. like you know a deer or whatever, and it automatically hits the brakes for you mm. if it detects right. movement. It's probably right. and then like they also got based. one in the back. We've seen also, one. yeah. Well, and they have a, and then also they have a camera. Like it's like the dump truck. They got like six cameras inside that the drivers could watch. They have the cameras in the back, cameras in the side. So when you're backing up, you don't have a blind spot. So they're gonna have that, or you could just and also, turn around and look like a responsible no, adult. Yeah, they, the issue no, with backing up, Sarah, is that people use their their side view mirrors and their rear view mirrors instead of just Looking. turning their necks to yeah. see. Yeah. I've almost gotten hit by people backing out of parking spots, and I'm kind of hard to miss. And it's not the, it's not the fault fault of vehicle manufacturers or anything like that. No, it's the idiot behind the wheel who didn't even bother to turn their head. Yeah, there's this That's time. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. Do you know how many? It is good enough. If you actually drive. that they got run over? And the dogs, small dogs that got run over, you know? Bonnie, what were you about to say? I was going to say, one time, (laughs) me and this other car both were backing out uh, next, uh, like, butt to butt. And we just barely tapped each other. And I swear, like, I had looked. I just didn't see these people. And I got out, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I exchanged my information with them. I I don't think I said sorry because I was trained not to say that. But I really did feel bad that I missed them. And they said, don't you have a backup camera? It was like two old people. Yeah, yeah. But the thing was, they had a backup camera, and they still hit me (laughs) because they were relying on their backup camera. I was just like, "Uh, no, I don't. I was looking, but... I didn't see you. They were relying on their backup camera. That's a camera. great question. You could have just asked them, don't you? And of course, I didn't think of it in that moment. I <laughs> right. thought of it later. That's often how it goes, though. I mean, no biggie there. Well, and then, and then they have also the, the keeping the cars in the, in the lane so it doesn't weave. And also, they have the cruise control. Oh, good. Then, then I can get hammered and just drive myself home, right? So what you're yeah. saying is, Sarah, people don't want to drive anymore. They they want machines to do it for them. They want automated systems. They want something to save them from having to think about when to brake. They want to save themselves from having to keep themselves in the lane. I and- Seriously, when I went back to San Antonio this uh, September and I came back just like saying uh, – Living in a big city is like living in a big arcade game or something. That's how I, how I seriously feel. People want to sleep their way through life, literally. They mm-hmm. want to be uh, driven around this the city, which is just a big video game, fun time. They want uh, food to show up at their house. They just want to sit there on a machine that entertains them, d- directly pumps serotonin into their brain. And it just made me realize how, I don't know, empty life is living in a city once I have been away from it for a while. Sir, you yeah, realize the implications you know of that, right? What you're talking about here is a vehicle that will automatically brake for me and that will keep me from weaving in between the lanes. That's just encouraging right, people that, to drunk drive. Well, I mean... Because those um, are like the two biggest concerns of drunk drivers is one, they're too drunk to, to have a proper reaction time mm-hmm. to hit their brakes and two, they can't even see straight and they're constantly swerving in between lanes. Right. Well, these features well, give them the ability to uh, drink and drive. Okay. Well, maybe that maybe that they can get away with doing all this stuff. I mean, they're also that they're going to have the automatic alcohol detection system where the car's not even going to start at all. They're going to shoot out laser to detect um, it. She's right. They are planning this. They're yep, planning on putting in uh, automatic or auto, excuse me, by 2026, they're planning on putting in some form of newfangled 
uh, alcohol detection into every new vehicle. I wonder how easy it is to, right, right. Um, you know, put that into a sur- survey results and just be like, yep, uh, so we surveyed people and what they want is uh, blood alcohol detectors and self-driving cars. No, I don't cars. think that's what people actually want. I-, I don't think they want BAC detectors. That's what the government wants to force on them. Yeah, so they but, could easily but fake I, a survey. I believe the results are true about people not wanting to drive. I think it's true that they would rather do something else, sit on their phones or play a, you know, play a video game. But you know know what's great about this, Sarah? If this is what these people want, they can save up money and buy the cars that are like that. And everybody else can buy cars that were left alone because they want to be left alone, right? Or does the government need to uh, make it to where everybody has to have these kind of cars in your worldview, Sarah? We know what her answer is going to (laughs) be. Well, I mean, it's, it's just going to be mandatory. It's going to be built in. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's not going to be. It's like a seatbelt. You don't. That's you don't not going to affect car, me at like, all. I want one with no seatbelt. You know, my, can New Hampshire? My, my Eclipse doesn't have any of that nonsense. Well, so far, but I'm well, talking about we all got the chatter cars in that our, are going to uh, come out. Twitch chat. Steve uh, Rusnak who says that backup cams have been standard for a decade. Apparently, now I don't buy. I've not never bought a new car, so. I can't speak to that, but sounds I guess like it is 2022. Well, no, my 2013 uh, Subaru Forester did not have backup cams. Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. Uh, I've never owned a car that had rear-facing cams. I've rented a few, and it's nice, but it's no substitute for just turning your head. It's just another thing that's going to break. Yeah, and they're kind of annoying. They beep when they really shouldn't. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever you want. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to weigh in. Again, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Ian. And Bonnie. And we're talking about Shanghai here, who is entering into day 50 of a five-day lockdown. I actually don't know what day it is. It depends on where you are in the city. Some areas, uh, not as many as 50 days, but certainly many areas over 30 days. I certainly like saying day 50 of a five-day lockdown, though, because that's what yeah, that's, that's what they were told, right? Was that this is going to be a, I think they said three to five days, or wait, it was four days in yeah, the beginning? four or five days, yeah. And now they're on well more than a month of this, no matter where in the city they're at. They're, they're not going to stop until they get to, quote-unquote, zero COVID. And that's not going to happen. They've never been at zero COVID, have they? I mean, who could possibly be yeah, at since, zero COVID? Since COVID came out, have they ever been at, day z- I mean, no. at zero COVID? It's and this ridiculous. is a city with 25 million people just shut down economically. No production, well, very little, significantly diminished production. As we talked about, there are still factories open and stuff like that because people were evidently given the option of, hey, you can stay here at your factory. You just can't go home at night. Well, no one is able to. So apparently what I read from another person, I was reading quite a bit about it today. Uh, one lady says that if your entire apartment building tests clear for 14 days, then you might be allowed out. Now, I don't know if it's just the apartment building or if it's like the whole city block, but there's some amount of uh, property. If everybody there tests clear of COVID 
for 14 days straight. That's horrible. And they that's, will let you out. That's just a way of turning neighbors against each other. Because, oh, you're on day 12, but your neighbor tested positive. Bonnie tested positive, so now you've all... But then the, the timer timer's resets. restarting. Yep, then the timer resets. Yeah, get, her, get her out of here. Just take her to the camp. Yeah, yep. suddenly everyone's... They're lining up to throw you out the door. Rumors have it that some places have had entire apartment complexes taken to the camps, but that hasn't been verified. But what we were talking about is the uh, the other side. Well, if it saves even one life, Ian. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's people jumping out of their uh, apartments. If people jumping out of buildings to their doom saves just one life, Ian. There's fire starting in apartment (laughs) complexes where they're gated in and can't leave. Well, if people burning to death (laughs) saves just one life, that's the insanity of this. It is. So we've talked a lot about the people trapped inside, but what about the people who are trapped on the outside? The delivery workers who have chosen to, hey, I want to keep making money during this lockdown. Because everybody that's that's locked down, they still have to pay rent. Okay, so they still have to pay for the food that they're receiving if it if it's over and above whatever government I like out. this. If you sleep under a bridge, you don't owe rent to anyone. Well, many of them <laughs> might still have an apartment. They're just not allowed back into oh my God. Uh, the know, apartment. I, and it was a joke. I, yeah. I'm, I and most people would rather pay rent than live under a bridge. Well, but I was thinking about this because when Ian first told me about this, I was like, wait, they're allowing people to do Uber Eats or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. Chinese equivalent. And uh, maybe it is Uber Eats. I don't know. But and he was, I was like, how are they letting people do that? I thought everybody's locked down. So are you talking about just like some places aren't locked down? He said, no, they're not letting them back in so that way they don't uh, spread COVID. So those people are having to like live outside. And I was thinking, would I rather be trapped in an apartment? They killed my dog. I'm just in my apartment with my Animal Crossing on my DS and uh, nothing else, you know, barely getting food. Or would I rather just live outside and be able to go places and walk around and breathe fresh air? And during, it would depend on the time of year, honestly. Oh, that's true. During, during spring right now, sure, sure. I, if you gave me the option of, okay, you can, you can live under this bridge here in Keene and you can, you know, maintain employment, you know, delivering food to people, or you can stay locked in your house for X amount of days and hopefully get at, let out at the end. I think at this time of year, I would choose the latter, you know, I would ra- or the former. I would rather just be outside. Yeah, I don't know how these people are, like, bathing or anything like that. Sounds really awful, but seriously, being trapped in your apartment without the ability to leave at all sounds really freaking horrible to me. Well, luckily, we live in New Hampshire, and we actually have a, a large community of people who doesn't like to do uh, what the government tells them to do. So when, when the stay-at-home order quote unquote <laughs> happened here we went out and threw a party right in the center of downtown Keene. and that, but the chinese people don't have that same mentality we well, i was going to say that that gives me my oh segue to my unpopular opinion about this entire situation my whole opinion about this is the chinese people asked for this for years and years and years maybe if you're like 20 or younger you had no choice and it's just like you grew up and you got out of the house and then this suddenly happened to you if you're like 21 or older you have lived at a time where you could have moved out of china I don't know. I feel like you asked for this. I, I don't know. I read We Have Been Harmonized uh, recently. I read most of it. After about halfway through the book, it starts taking on this just uh, viciously anti-Chinese rant. And I would expect this from my former Chinese dissident, but hmm. the point that they're trying to make gets lost in the anti-Chinese rants at that point. But the first half is really good. And the point that it, one of the points that it made was that 
the the younger people in China, the people who are raised in there, they don't know that there exists an outside world where where there's freedom mm-hmm. or more freedom or things like that. And it's not necessarily because of like the Great Firewall of China, which is the the firewall essentially that's limiting their access to to the internet. It's more. The, the Chinese Communist Party, they knew what they were doing 50 years ago when they seized control. The people who are being born and raised today and, you know, two decades ago or three decades ago, they legitimately don't have the curiosity to learn about what even is beyond the Great Firewall of China. So it's not that, it's you know, government education. Yeah, they're not scared of getting busted looking about the, looking at things they're not supposed to see, looking at this thing called freedom of the press and freedom of association. They're not scared of they're just legitimately not curious about it because that's been beaten out of them. I have heard that too, but maybe my age cutoff is too young, but I'm at least starting back when China, you know, or back with with the oldest people who are alive, they asked for this. And they're, they're, the people of China are partially responsible. You, you can't just be a human being and not inherently want to say the same thing about, about Americans. Freedom. I do say the same thing about Americans. I had that whole article I brought in saying, like, people need to stop saying that uh, the elites are controlling them. It's completely the people's fault that they're under mind control. And also in China, I mean, if you leave and you don't come back, they may just throw your entire family in prison or kill Mm -hmm. them. I mean, there's also been stories about, oh, your, your cousin over there is doing a lot of international travel. We need your cousin to return home immediately. And if you don't, well, your entire family disappears. Well. And those are North Korean tactics. And uh, yeah, we have heard about those being employed in China as well. So short on money and connections to find alternate lodging. These delivery workers have bought simple tents or slept under bridges with only a bed sheet or a blanket for protection. One rider who asked only to be identified by his surname, Wang, said he arrived in Shanghai on March 5th after delivering food in another city with hopes of making more money in the prosperous financial hub. On April 1st, the residential compound where he was living was locked down and wouldn't let him leave for more than three weeks. On April 24th, he restarted delivery work, which he described as his only means of survival. That meant going from being locked in his compound to being locked out. And he began living under bridges. Other food delivery workers also described gathering under any bridges they could find to avoid the wind and rain. And one worker said he shared a bridge with more than 30 people most of whom ran deliveries like him. Wang said, quote, How many people can understand our situation? Our suffering is real, but difficult to explain. Unquote. In recent weeks, the local government says... No, homelessness is it's very simple to explain for most people. I mean, you're, you're homeless. That sucks. You're exposed to the elements. you got nowhere well, he to... he has a home. He just can't go to it. Maybe it's hard for him He's to effectively explain yes. to other people who literally don't, under, or can't, don't have the vocabulary and stuff to talk about freedom because of what Arya yep. was saying about them completely losing their curiosity and such ideas. The government, though, has stepped up its efforts to support the roughly 20,000 delivery drivers in Shanghai. Officials have coordinated with hotels and other institutions to create driver service stations to provide mattresses, meals, and a place to charge their devices. So there you go. The government's helping out by giving them a mattress. I was curious about the charging their devices because I, I don't know how you know these apps work in China, but in the United States, if you want to do DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever, you... You need the app for that. Of course. It's going to require you to charge your phone. And 
I don't know what it's like in Shanghai, but I imagine most of the the Uber drivers in New York City are using bicycles or are walking on foot or something and not actually driving vehicles. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to weigh in, there's more coming up here about Shanghai and other things that are happening in the world, like、um, the Vicky White thing. I want to talk about. That's this is escaped inmate in Alabama and the guard who helped him escape. There's a lot more to this than meets the eye. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Share your thoughts and opinions. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. If you'd like to weigh in, again that number six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Within the studio tonight, it's Aria, it's Ian, and Bonnie. Talking about Shanghai here and what's going on over there. It it's significantly worse than anything that did happen, as far as I'm aware, here in the United States. But that doesn't mean that these things that we're hearing about out of Shanghai and China. The, these are the progressive leftist fantasies. Basically, what we're hearing about coming out here—they zero COVID. We have to lock down to protect the elderly, to protect the the weak. The what what the what is the word they use? Immunocompromised. Yes, that's it. The immunocompromised. If they wanted to, they absolutely would have done this sort of thing here, where we have to get cases down to zero to keep people safe, and then you end up with people jumping out of buildings and burning to death in their homes. I think that they wanted to do anything they could possibly do. The government wanted to, but people here actually have a little bit of like an idea that the、uh, I mean, you know, an idea of what freedom is, and they own guns. Like they they don't、in、own guns places, at all in China. But San Francisco is known for being one of the most locked down cities in the United States. I mean, they still yep, would still wasn't as locked to, down as China. That's true. You could still go out to go to the grocery store, but not much else. And、so、that's not a, a whole lot. I'm not saying. I'm not even saying. In the United States, everyone just did great and and was standing up for, for、uh, liberty and every every aspect. I'm just saying that they they pushed as far as they could possibly push in 2020. They did. They couldn't push us as far as they could push Australians. They could push them farther further because in the 90s they gave up or 2007 or something like that. They gave up guns. I hear that a lot, but I'm I'm not sold on that argument. I don't think it's the fear of guns. I think it's that once you get people to the point where they're willing to give up their right to defend themselves, it's a lot easier to get them to give up other rights as well. I don't think that you know, it's the fact that we have guns that kept the United States government at bay. I think it was our willingness to stand up for our right to have guns, even if the average American had no guns. Like even if there were no guns in the United States, as long as That was a choice that people had made to not have firearms. I don't think we would have gotten to this point. Is people being willing to stand up for their rights, whatever those rights are? I don't know. A lot of people in the United States are literally at the point where they think other people should not be allowed to have guns. They think、uh, they are. Kyle Kyle Rittenhouse should have just let a mob kill him instead of shooting at people because guns evil. And a lot of those people live in big cities like New York City and San Francisco, where you basically can't own a gun. So we do have places in the United States that do not have access to guns for the average person, and those, and those are the places, the places where it was worse. Yeah, yeah, where you got more restrictions, and you. So I think there's something to what Bonnie's saying here,、uh, and I think that the people that are. But on the other hand, when you see like 
in Connecticut a few years back when they started regulating guns more heavily there. They had lines of people willing to turn in their uh, their illegal magazines and such. Remember, I think they took down the, the ammo count to 10 per magazine. And so then if you had a magazine that was like more than 10, it would become a, a prohibited item. I do and- think it's... Uh- it is what Arya is saying, though. It's that they want to take away people's guns because it's a psychological effect on top of the fact that people won't have guns to defend themselves. Because, yeah, I guess they could bomb us if they really wanted to. I think that for all the talk about guns in America, I think that the resistance is basically an inch thick. Uh, and and there's really not that much much of it out there. Most people are very obedient and they will do what they're told. Because remember, your typical gun owner loves to talk about how law-abiding they are. Oh, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I'm a law-abiding gun owner, which means that... But you kind of have to because the government really likes charging people with... No doubt. ...not properly having their guns licensed or and whatever. And I don't think violence is the solution myself. I I think that mass civil disobedience and mass non-cooperation is how you really bring the system to a grinding halt. Uh, but that said, I don't see most of the people who are into guns being disobedient in any way, shape, or form. I think they'll do exactly what they're told to do. And a lot of people say, oh, if the FBI shows up at my house, I have a gun. But they don't realize that they just suddenly are in your bedroom and you're just waking up. You and really don't have time. And if you know, yeah, if you get your gun from your bedside and stand up and get into the hallway at the same time as them, they kill you immediately. So there are a lot of misconceptions that people have. I mean, but that's that's true of everyone, right? Everyone's like, oh, I, you know, if someone came up to me on the streets and they tried to rob me, I would just you know break their wrist and take their gun and do some kung fu <laughs> on them. That it's silly to us because you know we've dealt with some real world situations, but. There are absolutely people out there who's like, man, if somebody came with me on the streets and trying to rob me, I would kung fu them to death. <laughs> and they, they probably genuinely believe that they would kung fu the guy to death. And they genuinely believe that, oh, if the cops broke into my, if the FBI raided me, they'd find me there with opening fire on them. No, 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 they wouldn't, dude. And, and they know that. Mm-hmm. that. That's that's not the way any of this works. That's why they hit you at six o'clock in the morning, right? When you're sleeping, because no one's thinking, oh, God, I'm being invaded by the FBI. That's a lot of information to process immediately. And for your gut reaction to be, okay, they're shouting FBI, I need to go get my guns. That's not the reaction any sane, rational human being is going to have. Well, I think they do. like kids running around. I think they do late night raids like that, not only to keep people off guard, but secondly, to encourage them to shoot. Because it's in the middle of the night. You've got somebody banging on your front door, possibly busting yeah, my in. My the- first thought was a kid threw something through our window. I- right, but there are some people that live in like bad neighborhoods, right? Or sure. not, no, not I so mean good a areas. bad kid. Like I, I thought somebody was like nobody said he thought that there was an angry mob outside. I thought there yeah. was a bunch of crazy kids breaking into our house to like hurt us. Okay, yeah, I was going to say like if somebody wakes up in the middle of a you know you're in a dead sleep and all of a sudden you hear destructive noises in your house and shouting, you might think that there's a, a gang coming in to attack you, you know, rape sure. your wife, could kidnap your kids or or whatever, and you might just come out blasting without even assessing the situation because you're just so scared or so out of it or whatever. I think they count on that because they want to fight. They want to have you That's use That's why violence. they yell FBI, though. Well, they claim so do they criminals. do. Sometimes they probably don't. So do average criminals. They'll pretend okay. to be the police point. in a Fair home point. invasion. Yeah, there, there's also been times where they just uh, went into the wrong house and somebody got in a, a situation where they shot back at a police and now they're in court yeah, about over facing- it. And- 
They claim that the people will claim that they didn't announce themselves and the police officers will be like, yeah, we did. And then, you know. That very thing happened almost where I'm from in Mississippi, where they the one county was serving a warrant allegedly on behalf of another county. It turns out the other county had nothing to do with it, but they were trying to push the blame onto someone else hmm. where they they went to the wrong address. They shot a Hispanic man in the back of the head as he was turning to return to his bedroom while they were at the wrong place. Wow. Mm-hmm. And of course, there was never any accountability for that. And they weren't even at the right place. They didn't have a warrant to search his home. They didn't have any right to take him into custody. And he's dead yep. because of that. And they'll never face it. There have been countless examples of this. Of them throwing flashbangs into cribs with infants and shooting up. Brianna Taylor, I think her name. There's so many, it's hard to keep track of all of their names. But Brianna Taylor, I believe sure. her apartment wasn't even being raided. She was just in an apartment complex with someone who was being raided. And the police fired a stray round that killed her boyfriend or killed her. I don't remember now. But it's they're constantly... There's no shortage of trigger-happy cops. Just today, there's video that's come out from uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, where a 75-year-old grandmother is shot to death uh, by police. She allegedly is you know, a sufferer of dementia and was holding a knife, but... Yeah, but she's a 75-year-old lady. Right. You and, could not possibly overpower her without shooting her in the middle of the night. And don't most cops have non-lethal items on their belt? I'm pretty sure they do in almost every department I've seen in recent years. They're not just issued a gun, but yet this guy blasts this woman away when he obviously could have gone for pepper spray or a taser. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh on the police brutality, it's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to take control of the airwaves, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. I have a story here that, you know, I've been watching it sort of for the last few days. It's actually been in my show prep for the last few days, because it hasn't been mentioned here, and I kept seeing it pop up, and I was just like, okay, that's not interesting, that's not interesting, that's not interesting. And then finally, I clicked, and I was like, there's actually a lot more to this than I would have thought. And that that is the officer, Vicki White, who helped an, an inmate out of, I think, Alabama. I don't remember now. We'll, we'll get into it. Escape custody. But before that... One Escape of the, from prison? Uh, yes. Wow. But before that, one of the advertisements here that I'm finding at MSNBC or CNN.com is for the Goldback, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I get Goldback ads all over the place because... Hmm. I, like I mean, I know bikes. targeting advertisement, I know that that's a thing, but I, I'm still surprised to even see it. Even the studio computer is listening to us. Well, I would expect the studio computer to be listening. Hmm. So anyway, former Alabama correction officer, Vicki White, she she was fired after she helped this guy, you know, escape, has died from injuries after she and escaped inmate. She's dead? Yes. Oh, wow. From a self-inflicted gunshot in the head. Like I said, there's a lot more to this Whoa. story. Wow. than that. I mean, they're running headlines like, you know, Alabama corrections officer has died in hospital. Like, hold on here, because there's a lot here that you didn't talk about in these Whoa. headlines. And they've been doing this for the last several days. So, yes, yeah, she did. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. She was hospitalized earlier with self-inflicted gunshot wounds after being taken into custody Following a car chase in Indiana, U.S. Marshals told CNN her wounds were very serious, one marshal said at the time. 
No law enforcement officials, officers fired shots, according to the sheriff of Alabama, where the pair fled on April the 29th. Now, this is Casey White was the inmate, the man, and okay. Vicki White is the woman. No relation. There is no, there is no relation as okay. the media. And they point out, you know, the, the, they're not related. They share the same last name, but they're not related. Like as in familial, but they claim... That they're married. Well, he refers to her as his wife. Okay. Mm. Authority, before the chase ensued, officers conducting surveillance spotted Vicki White exiting a hotel with a wig on, mm. according to U.S. Marshal Marty Keeley. Then he, I'm sorry, then she and Casey White got into a car and drove away. Authorities continued to watch them until a vehicular pursuit began, ending when a Marshal's task force member drove a vehicle into the Cadillac that the pair were in. The car wrecked and rolled over. Casey White was driving the car, although someone else had reported earlier incorrectly that Vicky was the driver, apparently. Officers were able to remove the inmate from the wrecked car, but Vicky White was pinned inside with a gunshot wound to her head. Wow. Damn. So he's back in custody now? Yes. Wow. Damn. So Casey reported, reportedly told officers to help, quote, his wife, who had shot herself in the head according to the U.S. Marshal. And he insisted that he didn't do it. Keeley said, to their knowledge, Casey White and Vicki White are not married. Hmm. Seems unlikely to me. It is a pretty common last name. What if they're like lovers who met each other that just happen to have the same last name? That's also possible. I, I tend to think that, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know how they ended up with the same last name, how she ended up overseeing his prison and entering into a relationship with him and helping him escape. Yeah. There, there are so many questions here that they're just not talking about. The pair's capture brought to close an 11-day manhunt that gained widespread national attention and saw hundreds of tips flood in from all corners of the country, including... One, yeah. It's got to well, be hard to uh, pull off a relationship with an inmate, but you do hear stories about it from time to time. I remember when I was in jail in Westmoreland here in New Hampshire years ago. That was the old jail, yeah. The old jail. There was a rumor about one of the guards that was allegedly having sex with inmates. And, you know, there's a lot of jail rumors out there, right? right. But uh, and, and purportedly, you know, she'd somehow sneak him into a broom closet or something like that. Like, it's got to be tricky because there's literally cameras everywhere in these facilities. And there are men whose job it is to monitor them constantly. Yeah, so. but you know, uh, what is the word? Co- collegic. What's the word where you, you ignore something because you're also, also a cop? Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess that could be what's going on here. Or maybe she did the, the camera guy a favor, too, and, and that's why he looked the other way. But, you know... It, it could also be that she worked like a swing shift or I mean, or an, a, a graveyard shift or something like that where... There aren't as many people around. Yeah, I don't know how jails work, but I know in surveillance at, at a lot of places, unless you're at like a casino or one of these places with like 10 hundreds of employees... There's probably no one actively monitoring the cameras. They're probably just recording. No, there's usually one guy, uh, as I understand. Okay. There's. I think of like Walmart on graveyard no, shift. They don't have someone there watching their no, camera No, this feeds. is different because the person who's monitoring the cameras is also probably the person who's releasing locks on doors, right? So, But there's uh, not a lot of that on a graveyard shift. 
they're they've always got to have somebody to be able to open and close doors. I mean, it's a maximum security environment. So good point. Yeah. Whenever okay, you I have to go from, I mean, you're right. You're right, Arya, that there's not as many prisoners that are obviously out of their cell at, at that time, but there are still agents that have to go from point A to point B or whatever. And yeah, they, they have to leave one wing to go to another wing and stuff right. like that. Yeah. And they don't give the agent like it's not like your typical bureaucracy where they have some sort of a little key card that they can just hold up to the door because then obviously a, an inmate could could overpower that person and get the key card and start walking around so even the people who work there they have to stand at the door and wait until whoever it is that's at the control panel can actually unlock a door and and let them out of the place wow but are all prisons maximum security not well, that's not max security. That's more like minimum security. I mean, that's what you see in county jails and stuff no, like that. No, these county jails are considered maximum security are they? environments. They're just not, uh, they're not locked down. Okay, so when I say that, what I mean is they are maximum security in that they still have day rooms and things like that. So it's not like a total lockdown environment for, all, for the entire prison. But when I say maximum security, I mean there's you know an outdoor area, quote unquote, but it's completely walled in. Right, you, you cannot go actually into the outdoors. So there, there's very restrictive. It's a very restrictive environment in these Certainly. county jails here. So this step, not wedding, because this story couldn't get any more bizarre than the fact that this man and woman share the same last name. They hooked up while he was a prisoner in an Alabama jail, mm-hmm. and the. The sheriff who of the sheriff who oversaw this incident where they were finally arrested has the last name of Wedding, which I didn't Weird. catch before now. Said the duo were believed to have been in Evansville since May the third. It's hard to believe they've been here that many days, but we're lucky that we stumbled upon them today. He said that or Singleton, who's some some other random person who they didn't mention, said that Casey will be brought back to Alabama. That's the thirty eight year old inmate. He faces previous murder charges. So when you Oof. say snitches, Bonnie. Mm, I didn't think Yeah, that. I was going, we, we got off onto the subject of, you know, what jail is like and stuff like that. But I don't want to blame someone for calling the cops on someone who has killed someone else. You know, mm. I, sure, snitching is bad. But if this person is out there killing people, at some point you get, you got to call someone mm. to do something about it or or have a vigilante so society even, or just something to, just to clarify he's awaiting sentencing or hasn't even gone gotten sentenced for it this seems murder? he's awaiting sentencing wow vicky white 56 now he's got an escape charge too yeah well his wife or girlfriend or whoever it was first charged with permitting or facilitating escape in the first degree and was later facing additional forgery and identity theft Charges and presumably that's why she killed herself because she didn't want to go. She works in these places. Well, also her car flipped over. She might have been just holding a gun, right? Well, she's facing forgery. Gunshot to the head. Yeah, but she was holding a gun in a car that flipped. She might have accidentally shot herself. I want to know about these forgery and identity theft charges. Maybe she used Mm -hmm. that somehow to get him out. Well, that's that. That's what I'm starting to think. Is that this her? Was her real name even Vicky White, or did she just assume that identity that belonged to someone else and forged the documents and steal their identity? She stole someone's identity, evidently, and committed forgery. Well, allegedly, and allegedly committed forgery. There's a lot here that they're now talking about, and man, it's a curious story. There's more coming up about it though. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you'd like to weigh in. Not to even mention the horrifying things the sheriff plans to do with this guy. It's Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
That's Free Talk Live. And if you wanted to call in, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow night, unfortunately. 603-283-6160, though. I didn't mean to get off at the number again because it's kind of pointless, especially right after I said that. However, you can join us in the meantime on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find us when we're not here on the show. Well, oftentimes when we are doing the show, that's social.freetalklive.com. It's a social media server that that we own, that we control. You don't have to worry about Twitter or Facebook or whoever deciding that, hey, that's a little bit too much free speech for you. We need to scale that back a bit. Over at social.freetalklive.com, you are free to actually express your opinions. We're talking here about Casey White and Vicky White, and I want to share with you what this this sheriff says, the, the Alabama sheriff who oversees, presumably, the jail that Casey White is going to be spending his time in. He will be in a cell by himself. He will stay in handcuffs and shackles while he's in that cell. Damn. And if he wants to sue me for violating his rights, so be it. Holy crap. That's how these that's how these tyrannical monsters react. Yeah, what a piece of crap. When someone slips through their fingers, oh, when, yeah. when they when they find someone who they can't who doesn't just bow to their authority, who challenges their supremacy. That we saw the same thing from who Bukele, the I don't think it was Bukele, it was the other guy. Someone else who said something who the other cryptocurrency. Well, I guess it was Bukele. Who, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who has the gang issues. The president of El Salvador. The gang yes. issues, yep. Yeah, they mm-hmm. have the gang. I don't know why. I, yeah, I he's been talking to He said they won't need another crumb of food if yep. yeah, it, it's people all keep sta- complaining. Statists who are upset that you know their their supremacy is being challenged. They can't literally control the whole world. The sheriff says, I've always expected this outcome. I knew we would catch them. It was just a matter of time. No, it was just a matter of stupidity, honestly. They had 11 days, it sounds like, and they only made it from Alabama to Indiana instead of to Mexico (laughs) or somewhere that would have made a lot more sense. Mexico would have been closer and it would have been a lot harder for the the sheriffs or the U.S. Marshals to find them in Mexico. Yeah, you're right. Were they trying to go to Canada? That would have been a lot dumber. I think they were honestly just stupid enough to think that we could throw on a wig and live out here and we'll be fine. Maybe that's where the identity theft and the forgery came from because they've got to they've got to give an ID and mm. you know a credit card in order to stay at a hotel. Mm. So maybe that's the how it all originated. This escape was obviously well planned and calculated, he said. Even though most escapes from a county jail are spontaneous. A lot of preparation went into this. They had a lot of resources, had cash, had vehicles, had everything they needed to pull this off. And that's what made this last week and a half so challenging. We started this from ground zero. They got a six-hour head start on us. Earlier Monday, U.S. Marshals released photos of who they believe was Casey White caught on a surveillance camera. I'm sorry, but they could have gotten to Mexico in six hours, right? From Alabama, probably. Ooh, it I, takes like six hours to get through Texas. I think it'd be more like twelve to twenty. Hmm. But I mean, they enough of a head start where they probably could have done it. I mean, the entire border with Mexico, as I understand it, is not fenced off, and that there, there there are probably places where they could have gotten through. Hmm. They're just not on the highway, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I've, I've never d- driven into Mexico. Neither. I never have either. I've heard that there are places where you can just cross. And then you can even just avoid the Mexican uh, checkpoints on the other side, but they might come after you, Mexico. Sure. 
Uh, so I've heard that there's some some fairly loose areas as far as getting in is concerned. But I've also heard that uh, there are some places where the U.S. government has set up outgoing checkpoints. So you cannot just leave without the government knowing that you're leaving. So how, how widespread those are, I don't know. I don't either. I've never been. I've never really had any desire to go to Mexico. Before she died, Vicki White was facing new forgery and identity theft charges in Alabama. In addition to the charge of permitting or facilitating escape in the first degree. Well, it doesn't really matter what she's being, what no, she was she's being charged now. with. However, they were announced Monday, blah, blah, blah. That they said she was taking... This is what I wanted to get to. Vicki White was an assistant director of corrections for Lauderdale County. Mm-hmm. She took Casey White from the county jail on April the 29th. Saying but she how? Was, well, she said she was taking him for a mental health evaluation. Mm-hmm which authorities later learned had not been scheduled. She then said she was going to get medical care after dropping the inmate off because she wasn't feeling well. She, her use of, okay, she then, she was using her, she was not using her own identity after the escape, evidently. But her, obviously, yeah, she said, I'm going to take him for a mental health evaluation. And by the way, afterward, I'm just going to head on home because I'm not feeling well. Uh-huh. And no one that she worked with, and they do this sort of thing for a living. So, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. But it's she- kind of crazy. He could, she could just. It wasn't scheduled, and absolutely nobody else needed to sign off on it for her to take a, an inmate somewhere. That's pretty crazy. Well, she was the assistant director of yeah. corrections, so I mean, she She's was a high up. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was on up there, which makes you wonder how does she even. Hook up with this person in the first place. That's a great question, but yeah, I mean, if you're a if you're an inmate planning to escape, you definitely want to hook up with the assistant director yeah. instead of just a lowly guard. Maybe she like sees the pictures of the guys that come 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 in, and she'd been doing this for a while, like picking up picking the ones she wants, going and taking visits. Could be. I mean, she could have just found a dude on the outside that you know was easier and and wouldn't. Yeah, but that's not as fun. Well, and that would explain now that I know that she had a relatively high position in the jail. That better explains. The answer of how was she fraternizing with this prisoner because you know she could just say oh well i need to interview the uh the inmate in my office ah, and true. then you know have a little fling investigator why'd she, go after, sorry, why'd she go after a murderer though like maybe something well, else like you said right that was probably the most exciting one yeah maybe hmm. she gets off on risk hmm. i mean she is overseeing a jail not a prison because he was awaiting trial not having oh okay yeah not having been convicted yet, so I'm I'm assuming he was in jail. So she probably doesn't deal with very many murderers, or she's mm. probably starstruck, so to speak. Oh God! Investigators found footage of White shopping for men's clothes at a department store and at an adult store, <laughs> adding she obviously had a change of clothes for the inmates. They're saying that that I mean she was planning this, right? She knew what she was doing. She bought the vehicles. She got the radio. They even went to the sex shop. They said an adult store. They did say an adult store. So, yeah, she even went to the sex shop, it would seem. The patrol car that the officer and inmate took from the jail, that that would be the the two whites here. I don't know Mm -hmm. why they suddenly became the officer and inmate at this part of the story this deep in, but they did. They took, the, the car they took from the jail was found abandoned in a shopping center parking lot, heard... That would be Vicky's jail keys, radio, and handcuffs were found inside. Authorities believe the pair left the lot in a different vehicle, her own 2007 Ford SUV that she had parked in the lot the night before. Mm. So leaving in her own vehicle, not a good plan, although they had a six-hour head start, so presumably. 
The vehicle was spotted on May the 6th at a Tennessee tow lot. It had been abandoned in the woods without any identifying information on the same day the duo escaped. So they drove about two hours north from the jail into Tennessee and abandoned the vehicle for a different one. So and, she abandoned her own car, and then they got a different car? Yes. Interesting. And it's unclear where the new car came from. They probably stole it. Who knows? Mm. Right. Mm. But that, that seems to be where the story ends, although there are, there are so many questions here about how this relationship began, mm-hmm. why she felt it was worth throwing away her life, why she ended up shooting herself in the head, why any of this stuff? Why is she now being charged with identity theft and... Well, why was she being charged with identity theft and forgery and all of these other things when helping this guy to escape? It's all very curious. Yeah, I mean, it seems like she she put a gun in her mouth for obvious reasons, although uh, Bonnie thinks she might have just accidentally shot herself in I'm the head. I'm not saying that's that. what I think. I'm just saying that's a possibility, too. Her car rolled over. That's like you have no control over what's going on when your car is ro- flipping. Well, it, if, it does say that the U.S. that no one in the U.S. Marshals or the Sheriff's Department fired at her. It does not say that she didn't fire any shots at them. It's While it is possible that she could have accidentally shot herself in the head, it's not likely that that's what happened i mean unless yeah, she I mean, actually had the gun in her hand and her finger on the trigger why uh, wouldn't they like agree to kill themselves or something and not just her be like all right see ya for like the last few minutes they'd be able to spend together let me maybe just kill myself chicken. right here hmm. i mean yeah. if i look i wouldn't i wouldn't escape a jail to run off with the assistant director of the prison or whatever but if <laughs> if a girl i was dating was like okay Something bad could happen. We need to make a suicide pact. I'm I'm escaping the hotel room that night. <laughs> this chick's crazy, and I don't want anything to do with it. Oh so so I can understand why she would why she would be hesitant to bring up. Hey, you know that when we escape from jail, so how about a suicide pact? Because at that point, be like, oh no, I think I probably should have just you know served out my time in jail or whatever and awaited trial. <laughs> mm. I, I can't imagine a suicide pact would have been their answer, basically. Well, I didn't really mean like a premeditated suicide pact, but like if she's like, okay, this is it, we're going to okay. kill ourselves. I don't know. I just um, I just think it's weird to kill yourself when you have like your last few minutes with the person you supposedly love. That is curious. Share your thoughts with us on the meantime. I don't meantime. think it would have been that many minutes. I mean, they were in a car wreck and police were cr- closing in. She probably felt like it was time to end it. I can't say I blame her considering what she was facing, but a series of stupid decisions has been Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. The town has changed from the one that I knew and talked about on the radio. Millennials have come to Lake Wobegon in search of cheap rent. COVID means that people no longer need the big city. They can they can work anywhere online. And they come to town and they get into all these odd businesses and they make artisanal firewood, artisanal ice cubes, uh, composting worms, uh, gourmet meatloaf, etc., etc. There's a yoga studio in Lake Wobegon. There never used to be one. There are dog walkers. You can hire somebody to walk your dog. We never had this back in the day. 
That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. 